Welcome to Awaken to Grace. I'm Chad Roberts, and today we're going to be in part two of a sermon called Be on Guard and Stay Awake. We are in a greater series called Walking with Jesus. This is a study through the book of Mark, and today we come to the all-important chapter, chapter 13 of Mark's Gospel. We are going to see how Matthew 24 and Mark 13 is what's commonly called the Olivet Discourse. But I'm going to argue in today's sermon that I believe it's different than Luke's account when he recorded nearly the exact same words of Jesus in Luke 21. I believe there is a distinction between the two accounts. And I'm going to lay that case out today. I think when Jesus said, this generation shall not pass, I believe he was speaking about two different generations, one in Luke 21, the other in both Matthew 24 and Mark 13. We're going to lay all of that out today in today's episode, and I hope that you can see the difference, and I hope it answers some questions on who is Jesus speaking to when he says, when you see these things, this generation will not pass. Is it okay if I just teach for a moment? The seven-year tribulation. I want you to look at verse number, oh, come on, Chad. Where are we in the text? 14. Look at verse 14. Jesus is going to use a Bible word that I want to explain to you very clearly that you understand this. He's going to use a Bible word that is rooted in Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. If you're going to be a serious student of the Word, and particularly if you're going to be a serious student of end-time prophecy, and you're going to understand it, because there is some crazy, crazy stuff out there. You've got to be very careful what, what you, how you interpret Scripture. And if you're going to be serious about these matters, it is imperative that you understand Daniel 9, 24, 25, 26, and 27. Those verses are imperative to having a clear understanding of the last days. If you want to go back and listen to the sermon I did, I did it a number of months ago in our Revelation study. It's in the part one section of, um, of our Revelation series. I'm trying to remember what the name of that series was, part one. Um, I can't recall the name of it. It's on the Awakened to Grace app. It's in part one, and it's a sermon called Daniel's 70 Weeks. It is the absolute key to unlocking your knowledge of prophecy. And Daniel, in verse 27, talks about this abomination of desolation. And Christ is going to reference it in Matthew 24 and in Mark 13. Okay? So let's take the key and let's unlock this. Abomination in the Bible simply means idolatry. An abomination is idol worship. It is idolatry. The abomination of desolation is a global event. It is when this this future world leader, this antichrist, who's going to have the ability to bring the world together, he's going to bring governments together, 
like no one in human history has ever done. Revelation 6 says that he's the rider on the first of the four horses of the apocalypse, the white horse. He's going to come with a bow, but no arrows. What's scripture telling us? He's going to be a false peace. He's going to come with diplomacy. Oh, friends, he's going to use words. He's going to be smooth, as smooth can be. And he is going to bring peace to the Middle East. He'll convince Israel to trade their security for peace. And he'll do what no U.S. president has ever nor will ever be able to do. And that's bring peace to the Middle East. And when this Antichrist comes on the scene, there is going to be, according to Daniel 9 and many other scriptures. And here in our text, it's uh, Mark 13, um, verse 19 and verse 24. Those scriptures, 23. It is this time period called the seven-year tribulation. But more importantly than the seven-year tribulation, it's broken into two halves. One is three and a half years of false peace. The other half is three and a half years of what Jesus calls the great tribulation. And the Bible in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, and the Bible in the New Testament is, uses the precise, same, clear language. It's called time, times, and half a time. Well, what does that mean? It means the last Three and a half years. 42 months, 1260 days. The Bible could not be any more clear in what it teaches. It uses time, times, half a time, 42 months, 1260 days, all consistent, all throughout both Testaments. It is the most documented period of human history. And it's still to come. And yet it's the most documented. And Jesus tells us exactly what to look for and what to expect. So here's what he's going to teach us. He says, when you see, verse 14. Now you should note this, when you see. When the temple is going to be built, and it will be built, my personal belief is right now what stands on the former temple site in the day of Jesus, right now what stands there is the Muslim Dome of the Rock. Now, how in the world will the Muslims ever give up their Dome of the Rock? But do you know who I believe will make it happen? The Antichrist. I believe the world will be so starved for peace. I believe he'll work a deal, and the Bible calls it the 42-month covenant. The Bible calls it this peace treaty. And I believe they'll work a deal. And what stands as the dome of the rock will be this temple. And what the Bible teaches is that in the last three and a half years, at the midway point, Daniel 9, 27, what is going to happen? Jesus says, when you see the abomination of desolation take place, what is that? The Antichrist, the world ruler, will walk into the temple. He'll walk into the Holy of Holies. And only one man, once a year, the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies. And what will he do? He'll set up an image. The word abomination means idolatry. The term abomination of desolation is the highest insult to God Almighty. 
And it is to go into the Holy of Holies and set up self-worship. Now, there's a phrase here that I want you to pay. I want you to be sensitive to this. The Bible is telling the reader. Jesus says, let the reader understand. When you see this, well, how will anyone see it? If no one can go into the Holy of Holies, how will people see it? Do you know how the whole world will see it? Global satellite television. This is a technology statement in the Bible. When you see this, when you see the abomination of desolation happen, then that's when you're in the last three and a half years of all of human history. It's fascinating. And Jesus tells us about it all. So he's going to go into verse 25 and 26 and 27, what he's coming is going to be. That's when the second coming is going to take place. Then he's going to say, and and this is where I find the text so fascinating. Verse number 30. Uh, No, before I, uh, let, let let me just make mention of the fig tree. Because this is important. Jesus said, when you, see the, when you see the leaves come on the fig tree, you know that summer is near. Now, now that's important because remember in chapter 11, he cursed a fig tree at its root. And remember he said it was large and it had all these leaves, but he could find no fruit. And then the Bible says the oddest statement, and we broke it all down several weeks ago. He said it was not in season. So why did Jesus expect to find fruit in a fig tree when it wasn't seasoned? This is why. Because even when the leaves began to show, there should have been these round marble-sized buds. And they're edible. And we know, even in Israel today, when does the fig tree bloom? They began to grow leaves in March and April. They began to grow their fruit in May and June. Now, why is that significant? Jesus should have saw the little round marbles. But what was seen was a big fig tree with only leaves. In other words, it was big, it was showy, it looked great, but it was fruitless. He's saying the same of religion. He's saying the same of the temple. It's big, it's showy, it looks great, but in reality, there's no fruit. It's unfruitful. And he cursed it at its root. And we explain how that meant the destruction of the temple in 70 A.D. And I'm going to tie it all together in just a moment. So he says, when you see the leaves on the fig tree, when when the branch becomes tender and it bears its leaf, you know that summer is near. What's he saying? It bears its leaves in March, in March and April. The fruit comes in May and June. You can look at a fig tree and you can discern the seasons. He said in the same way, when you see all these things taking place, when you see the intensity and the frequency of the birth pains, here's what you know. Christ is at the very gate. He's about to come. Friends, we're seeing these things like never before. Literally. Like never before. And Jesus predicts it all. Now in verse 30, and this is the question I want to answer today. What does Jesus mean when he says, this generation shall not pass? I want you to draw a couple of distinctions. 
In Luke 21, and I just want you to note this for your knowledge of the Bible. In Luke 21, boy, this is so fascinating. Lord, help me to get all this out. I'm about to burst. I got, I got, oh, I got all this in me, and I, I, I want to make sure I get this out. In Luke 21, now remember, his audience is different. He's in the temple in the morning teaching a crowd. In the Olivet Discourse, he's on the Mount of Olives at night teaching Peter, James, John, and Andrew. Two different times of the day, two different audiences, two different generations. He says in Luke 21, this generation will not pass when they see this. Now I want you to note this. He says, when you see Jerusalem surrounded, when you see armies surround Jerusalem, flee, get out of the city. That happened in 70 AD. Rome besieged Jerusalem. Vespasian, Nero, the emperor Nero had just died. Vespasian replaced him. Vespasian is the man who built the Roman Colosseum that still stands today. And he left his son Titus in charge. And the general Titus, listen to what the historian Josephus tells us. He slaughtered with the sword 1.5 million Jews. Now say amen if you're with me right now because you can't miss this. This is very important to understanding the Bible. When Jerusalem was crushed... In 70 AD, by a prince, a prince named Titus. That fulfilled Daniel 9, 25 and 26. When Christ died and Jerusalem, 38 years, was crushed, Israel stopped being a state. The nation of Israel was over. There was no temple, no Judaism, it was over. Here's what I want you to understand. When this happened, Josephus tells us that many, many Jews who were Christians, they escaped. They got out of the city. Do you know why? Because that crowd that day that heard Jesus teach this, they remembered what Jesus said when Rome surrounded the city. They got out of the city, and their lives were spared. I believe when Jesus said to this audience in the temple, this generation will not pass until you see these things. What things? The fall, the destruction of Jerusalem. Why is that important? Because here's what Jesus says in verse 21. Until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. What is the time of the Gentiles? That's from the destruction of Jerusalem until the rapture of the church. That's the time of the Gentile church. Do you understand what I'm saying? When the rapture of the church happens and the church is caught up, harpazo, we're gone, caught up in the air to meet the Lord, then God's agenda goes back to his people, the Jews. And you know what's going to happen when the abomination of desolation takes place? The blindness on Israel, Romans 11. The scales are going to fall from Israel's eyes. And they're going to see Jesus as their Messiah. What Jesus is telling us 
He is going to bookend. I want you to understand me. He is putting bookends on world history. And he's saying the fall of Jerusalem in A.D. 70, it's going to happen 38 years after Christ predicts it. That's going to, be, that's going to begin the time of the Gentiles. And he's saying this generation will not pass until they see it. Until they see what? The destruction of Jerusalem, the destruction of Israel, the state of Israel gone. And then God is going to have a Gentile bride, which goes back to Ruth and Boaz. and a Gen- Oh, it all goes so deep. Now he's going to bookend what he said to the first generation of the church. Get out of the city. Go flee. Spare your life. He's going to bookend to the last generation. And now in Matthew 24 and Mark 13, he's going to say, when you see these things, this generation will not pass until you see what? The abomination." Of desolation. And see, here's another key critical part of the text. When the horrendous tragedy of the destruction of Jerusalem happened in AD 70, Rome killed 1.5 million Jews. But friends, that was not a drop in the bucket in the bucket compared to Hitler's Nazism. Millions were slaughtered. Let me show you the difference between Matthew 24 and Mark 13. Jesus says of the great tribulation, there has never been a time like it. That includes 70 AD. That includes Hitler's Germany. There has never been a time like it, and nor will there ever be a time like it again. And it's so severe, Jesus said, had the days not been cut short, humanity won't survive. That is jaw-dropping, friends. And literally, do you know what the Lord Jesus Christ is telling us? He is saying, the first generation will not pass until his words are fulfilled. And now he's saying, the last generation will not pass until his words are fulfilled. And now look at what a bombshell verse 31 is. Heaven and earth will pass away But the words of Jesus will not. His words are faithful and true. Will this generation today, the generation that has walked through COVID, the generation that has survived a global pandemic, will this generation that is watching extremism like never before, Will this generation that is watching what I believe is going to be global inflation like never before? Oh, here's just a tidbit. I teach in the Russia teaching the special presentation called Russia's Endgame. When does it air? Wednesday, not Friday. Very good. And I teach in there. Do you remember in our study of Revelation chapter 6, do you remember that the Bible says with the four horsemen of the apocalypse, it is the white horse, which is false peace. It is the red horse, which is war. It is the black horse, which is what? Famine and hyperinflation. That one loaf of bread will cost one day's wage. And what did he say? Don't hurt the oil and the wine. But what is harmed? The barley and the what? 
the wheat and Google it for yourself. Ukraine is one of the largest exports of wheat and barley in the world. And because of the conflict right now, no crops are being planted. Russia exports 25% of the world's fertilizer, and everything's banned. Friends, the stage is set like never before. Down to verse 12, children will rise against their parents. Friends, we better... Be on guard. We better get awake because time is wrapping up. Can we say amen today? Verse 32, and I'll let, let, let me work my way through verse 32 and then we'll, we'll begin to wrap up. Verse 32, Jesus said, now concerning that day and that hour, no man knows. So you need to take that to heart. You need to understand. If you ever hear anyone set dates, they are a false prophet. It is heresy at the highest level. You should turn a deaf ear to it. Date setters, no, 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 no. We can understand seasons. Jesus taught that in the fig tree. But we are not to set dates. I tell, I tell you how I live. I prepare and what do you mean prepare? The, the Bible says divide your portions to seven to eight because you don't know the calamity that's going to come up on the earth. Somebody give me a time check. What time is it? Oh, okay. I'm okay. I'm all right. I got a couple minutes. Dusty Buckles was so sweet a couple, couple of weeks ago. You know, I preached forever. And the next Sunday, Dusty said, oh, Pastor Chad, she said, I could sit and listen to you all day. I said, you about did. <laughs> we, we about made it. <laughs> I'll not do that today. <clears throat> I prepare. I prepare like I'm going to live for 100 years. What's that mean? I have an IRA. I'm well insured. I believe in having a very robust food supply. I prepare like I'm going to live for 100 years. But I live like the trumpet is going to sound this hour. That's how we are to live. And Jesus said, you don't know the day and you don't know the hour. Now, he says something interesting. He says, neither... Do the angels in heaven know, nor the Son of Man? Now, let me ask you a question. Does that mean that Jesus, when he walked the earth, did not know when he was going to return? Yes, I believe that. Now, how is that possible? Because Jesus is 100% God, and he was also 100% man. He was deity, robed in flesh. But listen to what Paul said in Philippians. Paul said that Christ lowered himself. He humbled himself. And listen to what he said. He did not think equality with God a thing to be grasped. So apparently, according to his words here, at this point, he didn't know when he was going to return. Is that true today? I don't think so. And why do I not think so? I believe when Christ accomplished his task on the earth and he ascended to heaven, he was glorified, 
He now sat down at the right hand of the Father. I believe he now well knows when he's going to return. Because what does Revelation 1-1 say? He brought John. Who was John? Who was in the private teaching on the Mount of Olives? Peter, James, John, and Andrew. Who was the last living disciple on the earth? John. Do you use a streaming device at home or at work? Simply say, hey Google, play Awaken to Grace with Chad Roberts podcast and listen to our weekly podcast that is the current sermon that I preach each week at Preaching Christ Church.